Welcome to This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we've been following the Ewoks throughout their storied history, but this time our journey through Star Wars Vintage brings us back once again to Droids, the animated series. Droids. Today we're discussing the feature-length collection The Pirate and the Prince, comprising the episodes The Lost Prince, The New King, The Pirates of Taranuga, and the revenge of Kaibo Ren. Kaibo Ren. Ha <laughs> yeah. ha! That old scallywag. <laughs> That's right. All of these episodes uh, were directed by Raymond J. Felice and mm. written by Peter Souter. These episodes originally aired in consecutive weeks from October 5th to October 26th, 1985. The film version, which is how I watched it, was released on VHS in 1997 and again on DVD in 2004. And so this like movie-length oh. version of it we don't have like the the weird police uh, opening credits. It's more just like instrumental, and it puts this the shows kind of seamlessly together. I think it does that by cutting out some tags at the end and stuff. So uh, I did Ooh, check yeah. out this uh, DVD from the library, and I watched it as a whole movie. Did you do that, or did you put the episodes I, together? On I okay. yeah, I strung the episodes together. So when you said okay. that uh, there's just a weird instrumentals for me, it was Sting. Every just single time. Total, totally the same just, for you. Okay. Yep. It was just episode, you know, yeah. episode, 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 four of them. I do feel like these episodes worked really well together, like watching it as a, as a movie, like watching it movie, like no breaks or anything mm-hmm. and making it pretty seamless. You could still kind of tell when it was like, okay, that feels like sort of, this would have been the end of an episode and now we're moving into a new one. But I found the viewing experience of watching it as a movie rather than four episodes of hmm. like, you know, sequential like TV, mm-hmm. it worked better as a whole. How did you feel about doing these in a lump instead of doing it week by week like we were doing before? Uh, the lump was better. I feel like this arc and the whole like the stakes of them like trying to get this royalty back home and stuff was a lot better than watching a bunch of like rat tailed men trying to race. Uh, it's just a, <laughs> this is a more interesting. You know, I wonder if it would have been better if we did watch that as a four segment. Well, no, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think like, it would. But probably I still think a little better. better. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I don't know. The stories from that first four, the, from those first four episodes was yeah. just not really like, I, I don't know. It just wasn't really interesting or compelling. No, and No, and I, I did feel better about this one all around. So that's a little yeah. bit of a spoiler, but uh, I definitely did. <laughs> All right, let's see. What else What else do I have for you? Uh, well, I've got a featured mm. cast member. Well, Tabora Johnson voices Jessica Mead for a total of five episodes. What a name, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica. Well, I mean, we get like Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and True. Luke. Luke, we do. Jessica just stood out to me, but I kind of wondered if maybe it was sort of Dune-inspired, you know, because it's oh, the Jessica. whole... Yeah, Lady yeah, Jessica. You know, the Lady yeah. Jessica. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, she voices Jessica for five episodes in here. And aside from serving as the voice of Latara in the first Ooh. season of Ewoks, yeah, she appeared in live action as Lois Johnson in the Canadian sitcom Kim's Convenience. Did you watch Kim's Convenience? I most certainly did not. It's so funny. It's Is it really? The, yeah. Uh, during like the <laughs> pandemic 2020, that was like my my binge show. Uh, Kim's convenience. Kim's I know convenience. Um, yeah, it's based on a play. Unbreakable uh, Kimmy Schmidt. That's the only Kim. I know. <laughs> yeah. Different, <laughs> different Kim, different Kim. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to take us through the pirate and the prince? The uber detailed plot of star Wars droids season one episodes five through eight, AKA the pirate and the prince 
C-3PO and R2-D2 have fallen on tough times, trying jobs, and are traded at a backworld auction to Jan Tosh. Meanwhile, the local crime lord, Kleb Zelak, has also been tasked with retrieving Monjulpa before IG-88, as there is a price on his head. Jan also saves what he thinks is an android, but ends up being a nameless and speechless alien, which they name Kez Iban. Which in Bocce, he that returns from death. Returning to town, Kez is captured by Kleb. Jan and the droids confront Kleb, and they are all captured. Despite Jessica Mead trying to help them and brought to Kleb's Nergon 14 mining operation. A friend of Keziban <laughs> attempts to rescue everyone, and we then find out that Keziban is actually Monjolpa a lost, usurped prince of Tamuzan. His memory and speech are now restored through his scepter. With Nergon gas leaking, the group races to escape the mine. They procure Kleb's speeder before he can, before he can leave and get away before the mine explodes. On their way to Tamuzan, Monjolpa hopes they get there before his usurper, Zadik Cha, an evil vizier, can be coronated as king. Meanwhile, IG-88 is also headed to Tamozan to intercept Monjolpa and his scepter and give it to Zadok Cha, who needs it to become king. And they are attacked en route by pirate captain Gur Kaibo Ren Cha, but still manage to escape when IG-88 interrupts their plans to destroy mm. them, needing Jolpa alive. All on Tamozan is not safe, however. Now alone, Monjolpa is taken by IG-88. R2 and 3PO discover Jessica and Solag, Jolpa's aide, have been taken to Zadok's fortress. Jan, 3PO, and R2 race to the fortress to rescue Jolpa, Solag, and Jessica. Zedek puts Jolpa in his Durkies pit in hopes it tears him apart. Jan, R2, and 3PO make their way into the pit as well, accidentally. <laughs> R2 saves the day, and the group races after Zedek, who ex escapes on a speeder. With only moments left, Jopa manages to retrieve the scepter from Zadok and is successfully coronated as King of Tamuzan. Jan is also made advisor to Jopa, and Jessica gets a new ship. In orbit of Tamuzan, the dread pirate Gur Kaibo Rencha attacks and boards Jessica's ship, carrying fuel. Their decoy mm. failed. The pirates take them to their hideout, which is, a, which is host to a massive fleet of ships seemingly ready for an assault. Ren illustrates his plan to take the now defenseless Tamuzan. As entertainment, Ren tries to feed Jan to a massive Miradon sea creature, but is saved by R2. Meanwhile, Ren tells Jessica of his plan to use the Demolisher on Tamuzan, and she successfully es escapes Ren. R2, you know, this is why you don't ever give your plans. Because when you do, the, the, they're going to yeah, escape. Yeah, it's a potential the, for a backfiring situation, for sure. Yeah, yeah, always. R2 sabotages the hideout's defenses, allowing the Mirrodon into the base, and in the chaos, the group escapes. Kaibo Ren activates his forces to attack Tamuzan immediately. In orbit, they are captured again by Ren's demolisher, an Imperial Star Destroyer. Mm. R2, put to work, manages to sabotage several detonators. Meanwhile, Ren attacks Jessica's ship, destroying it and is furious to find out that he was duped all along. 
Jessica was the decoy, and he mistakenly let the fuel ship through to Tamuzan. Jolpa has a fully fueled fleet, though it is no match for Ren's destroyer, but the playing field is leveled when the destroyer's torpedoes backfire on Ren, incapacitating his destroyer. Ren is defeated, and Tamuzan is saved. A peace treaty is to be signed between King Jolpa and the warrior chieftain Lord Toda. Toda is reluctant, but his daughter, Garen, Jaren, Garen, Jaren, Garen, advises to proceed with peace and catches the eye of Jolpa. Tensions high, 3PO manages to lighten the mood by crashing the party. Literally. Kaibo Ren escapes Jolpa's prison at the hand of his first mate, Jin Oba. Incapacitating Jolpa and Jan, Ren kidnaps Princess Jaren, leaving Jin behind. Toda is furious, and Jolpa surrenders himself until Jan Jessica and Jan can save Jaren. 3PO and R2 dupe Jin into divulging where they took Jaren. Meanwhile, Kaibo, Jolpa, and Toda have struck a deal to release Kaibo's men in exchange for Jaren. Jaren manages to escape her cell while the gang works on infiltrating Kaibo's swamp base to rescue her. Out of the frying pan and into the fire, Jaren staves off wild dogs. Jan and 3PO find her stranded in a pit and 3PO sacrifices himself to try and save Jaren. Kaibo demands more in return for Jaren, and Toda agrees to give him Manjolpa, his ship, and his men. The group's hopes of escaping are thwarted when Jin arrives with Kaibo's ship and crew. Though it's a trap, as the ship is also full of Toda's warriors, they successfully defeat Kaibo Ren and his pirates. Toda's son asks 3PO how he defeated Kaibo Ren all by himself. And he tells him he had luck on his side. Well, friends, actually, the best luck of all. Roll <laughs> credits. <laughs> Heartwarming. Heartwarming. You know, oh, yes, absolutely. Kaibo Ren is a pretty cool name. Too bad it's just used in this one episode and never anything like that ever again, you know? Yeah, nothing. There's nothing too bad. similar too bad. to Kaibo it's cool. Ren. I just it's think, pretty cool. Would you know, be cool decided, if they used it in the future. The road. Decided, yeah, yeah, you know, I agree. They're like, but... Yeah. Oh well, oh, the the red accent on the ties—that'd be cool too. Yeah, I mean, that, that was be. a nice touch. I know, but be kind of nice. Yeah, it's but too bad they don't. Never gonna happen. You know. Oh, Jin Oba's goggles. You know uh -huh. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, if only like a, a young scavenger and yeah. years in the future were to use something similar. Something that similar be... to those. Yeah. You know the uh, the diner and like the four armed cook and everything. A lot of things very reminiscent of the prequels. <laughs> yes, also. the prequels. Yeah. So I, I know that there was some like cross like people who worked on these ended up working on the prequels as well. So I do think there's definitely some purpose pulling in that direction. I don't know if they're pulling anything for the sequel trilogy. Who knows? But uh, it's I mean, interesting to note. Kaibo Ren. That's I mean, look, Kylo Ren, Kaibo Ren. That's like a I had no idea about this character. And when I saw his name was Kaibo Ren, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? You don't like, think it's a coincidence? They're just so different. It's not a coincidence. No, somebody so? was like Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's they were like, oh, you need a name for this guy. And somebody was like, oh, Kylo Renshaw from droids. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a it is definitely of note. I will say, as I kind of gave away at the top here, I mm. feel like this story is just better. It's just better. Yeah, as, it really as I'm is. going down, like making notes through this. And like I was looking over them before we started. And most of my notes are positive. You know, they're just like, oh, that was cool. Mm -hmm. That was cool. So I feel like as a package, I mean, it benefits because we saw a whole arc play out. But again, I just think all the characters are better. Like Jan and Jessica are just more interesting than than I don't even remember their names. The rat tail people from uh, 
<laughs> the beginning. You know, yeah, the villains. Are are, yes. The jo- villains are no, better. But I I can't remember. Them. I can't <laughs> remember them. I have been. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember them at all. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I, I don't I know can't. something with a b or a j i don't know no i can't remember either no idea so <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna I, lay down tonight and i'm gonna remember you in probably bed. you'll wake up like text me at 3 a.m and tell me in what a, their names in are. a cold sweat i'm gonna be yeah. like i got it the names. I Here got I go. it <laughs> <laughs> anyway i mean but you agree i mean this just felt like a better vibe i, I did there were elements that i was like mm. all joven all joven Thal Jobin, that's Thal. There that's it right. is. Thal. You said a B. Yep. You said there was a B. And it so was a B in there B. somewhere. Yeah, and Kaya. It was Thal Jobin and Kaya. Okay. Kaya. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. But Kaya, anyway, you were saying. Thal things, Jobin. Some things were better. I thought the addition of Lord Toda in the last episode was a little bit weird. Um, I stand by wishing that Boba Fett was just a recurring antagonist here. I think that yeah, would, that would be like really cool. If it was right there. It was cool that AG, IG-88 had a part. That was like, cool. That was cool. That was I nice. Mean, Max Rebo, come on. We saw Max Rebo. Oh, so how Max Rebo you... and that weirdo yeah. singing lady that has a name. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We saw Gamorrean Guard. That was yeah. pretty cool, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. I think you're right. I think overall, this had a little bit more of a compelling story. I cared a little bit more about what, what was going on. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah. You know? There's that part early on where C-3PO... Uh, they're all like chained by the ankle, and so Thrupio disconnects like his his bottom, like his calf, basically. Yeah. And I kind of thought, oh, are they going to give him the silver leg after this? But they didn't, and that would have been a no. cool little Easter that egg. That would have right been there, cool. That he's got to like, get a new, a new leg, but you you, know. you made me think of something. Uh, there was very little droids in this four four episode segment. Did you notice that? <laughs> I think that's fair, but I think that what they had to do was actually integral to the plot. Oh, absolutely. So was, I mean, like, it was C- like they got C-Pedro does save the day. Definitely. Yeah. Like they got less screen time, maybe, but like they were actually used like they should be used. You know what I mean? So R2D2 was. Yeah. You yeah. Know how many ports he accessed this time? Like, exactly. It's like, that's, that's three. Like, that's I mean, that's R2. That's what he does. Therein lies the problem when you create a show around two characters and then treat them as supporting characters, you know, like it just. Yeah, it's just always going to be a problem with this show that they're not the leads and like we want them to be the leads. They're the ones that we're connected to. So, yeah, that's just a little odd. But, you know, I thought there were a lot of cool moments. I thought the part where they are they're like crawling through that space and they accidentally step on the trigger and the walls start closing in on them and they're like, find the button, find the button was so Temple of Doom. I yeah. loved that. You know what I mean? Like when like short round Indiana on the Jones. Floor, and did yeah, it? it's exactly. Yeah. And he's like, press and they were the like, button. Well, I found and it. And then it like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was it? It was like the wall, the ceiling was coming down and they were like, yeah. find a button. And then he's yeah. like, oh, I found it. And then he presses it. But then the walls start going in yeah. now. And it's like, ah, oh, dang it. Find <laughs> yeah. another button. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I thought that was pretty funny that it was so just great. like, oh, I found it. And it just made yeah. it 10 times yeah. worse. I know. I know. So I liked that. I felt like that. I don't know if that was an intentional Temple of Doom nod, but. It sure reminded me of it. Yeah. I love the A-Wing. Like, A-Wings are my favorite. Every time oh, an A-Wing yeah. shows up, I love it. I so love the, the fact A-wing. that, like, Jan was driving around in, in the A-Wing for most of the time, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Did you notice that they were dual cockpit A-Wings, too? Which I thought was no. really cool. Yeah, yeah I like that. I need, to, I need one. I'm going to go yeah, look on eBay on and get myself one of the, uh, the, the droids. Dual cockpit the droids A-Wing. toys. Yeah, we got space battles, you know, like we had like yeah. some interesting stuff going on, like in space, mm-hmm. which 
you know, certainly never happened in Ewoks. And what little we had this time, you know, in the in the first uh, arc here didn't really pale. So I, I liked that a lot. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We had some new interesting class of Star Destroyer. I don't know what that is. Like, I'm not a familiar okay. with all the different classes, but like it was a pretty small destroyer. Like the ship. Yeah, it was. Destroyer. They were definitely interesting to look at. And I feel like that's maybe the benefit to them wanting to sell toys based on this is that they're like encouraged to make things that are cool, you know? Yeah. And so we're getting some visuals that are more interesting to look at than Ewoks, which the Ewok toys were kind of limited to just like action figures and stuff. Nothing, nothing too huge. Love that underwater scene too. Kind of reminded me of the, uh, you know, Kit Fisto underwater, but like, oh, did. yeah, the, uh, you know, R2 goes down and like, zips through the the chains that are holding Zan, Jan or whatever and like they escape yeah. and you know just a cool cool imagery that I liked isn't that um that that sea creature the Miradon it looks to me when I first saw it I was like oh that's the thing that Boba Fett was riding in um the faithful Wookiee don't you think was oh, that oh I think yeah. that's pretty much what that that you might be like right yeah good catch we got an R2 scream. I don't think we got an R2 scream in the oh. first one. We got the wow, you know, which what? was fun to hear. Yeah. That one. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of sounds, uh, familiar sounds. And I, and I think yeah. that I like that about droids, that it does seem more familiar in that aspect. Yeah. My yeah. son commented on that. We were watching this together when the blasters and stuff and some of the ship sounds, he was like, man, I love these sounds. And I'm like, right. They're great. Yeah, the so, um, yeah, he liked oh, that, that classic uh, stun sound, you know, set for yeah. stun, and it's that that like yep. weird like spacey yeah. sound. Yeah, yep. and that, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, there it is, the yeah. stun. So yeah, I mean, there's, there was a, I mean, there was a lot to like. I think mm-hmm. a couple areas where maybe there was like nitpicky, like I, I don't much like the look of the Monjolpa people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that bothered me a little bit. You know, watching this one, this one just really struck me as like sci-fi. The, True, the stuff, yeah. Like the power struggles and stuff that you're talking about, the ship battles, like all of that. Just this whole series, even the first arc, have a real sci-fi vibe where Ewoks always plays more as fantasy. You know, so in that way, it's kind of interesting True, to yeah. have these two because these were airing together. You know, like mm-hmm. these were followed by an Ewok. So you really, it wasn't like this whole sci-fi hour was kind of like fantasy, sci-fi, fantasy, sci-fi, which mm-hmm. you know. I think if the shows were good, it could have been really interesting. But, you know, I, I just think as it is, they didn't really find an audience. And so, you know, they maybe didn't get developed as, as much as they could. But yeah, give me, give me your good. What's good? Give me your Ichiwawa moment. Uh, man, I really liked seeing the the dual cockpit A-wings that, you know, like yeah, I'm a I big like A-wing guy, a too. I loved and A-wings same. when I was yeah. young. They're the fastest of the, you know, rebel fleet. Yeah. Uh, as far as their star fighters, the Y wing, B wing, you know, X wing, A wing is the uh, that is the fastest one, and I always thought that was really cool. But yeah, I mean, seeing the Gamorrean guard was like, ah, oh, Gamorrean. Yeah, guard, yeah, yeah, I wrote that down too. Them, yeah, took them way too long to like have one of those guys in there, yeah. and we had like the Gamorrean guard, you know, piggy squeal, and and I just thought that was funny. You know, it was kind of like, all right, there's like elements of the Star Wars saga, like the trilogy. Yeah in this right we're like ewoks you're like okay there's ewoks but that is the only pull into the star wars universe except yeah. for the finale. last episode yeah 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 and so like i don't know i feel like that's a thing you need to have if you if your show is a spinoff you really need to have elements of the original 
of what you're spinning off from. Yeah. And droids yeah. does a better job of that. Yeah, that's true. What about you? Well, you kind of hit on it already. I mean, it's it's the the use of C-3PO and R2-D2, you know, the fact that they were actually given helpful things to do. And, and the one that really stood out to me was when they're they're rolling in on the planet and they, they need to like, they need cover and C-3PO just starts talking like in their language. And he tells them, oh, you know, we're, we're ambassadors and we're just doing this quick thing. And like, yeah. C-3PO just does that all by himself and like really gets them in. And that's just one of several times throughout the episode where he's actually helpful and like a good character. And so that to me, I was like, yes, this is what I want. I want to see the droids like doing stuff. Isn't there that one part too, when he's like, Chiki and the guy's like, yeah. what? That's not even a language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like part of the describe. And I thought, wait a minute. Was it actually a language? Because doesn't he know like six yeah, million forms of he communication? Does. So like for this dumb guy to be like, oh, that's not even a language. I, I wonder, was he actually speaking a language or was he just talking just gibberish to confuse yeah. the guy? Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, tell me something that you didn't like. What's your Okavark moment? I did not like Jan Tosh's uncle, which I cannot remember oh, his name. Yeah, uncle, yeah. The minor dude. That sometimes they, do, you know, it's funny. One thing in The Mandalorian that really pissed me off <laughs> in season three was when they made the pirate lord like a pirate, like a sea pirate, mm. but in space. Like he yeah. had seaweed hanging, like a seaweed beard. They were very piratey, yeah. And they were like pirates of the Caribbean pirate. And it's just right. like, yo, that's not yeah. what pirate means. Yeah. And, so like when, and it's like, they still haven't learned. They haven't learned. So like when they create characters like, oh, uncle, whatever his name is, is a miner. They made him like he was a, a California gold rush fat miner, <laughs> like in Toy Story, like that guy, Toy Story yeah, 2 or whatever. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, dude, we get it. He's a miner. He doesn't need to be like, oh, gotta get that golden mine. Yeah. You know, gotta get out there early in the morning and start paying. And no, you know, that's and it's what like, miners are. So stop. like, we get. But I mean, it's for kids. Yeah. So yeah. when you talk about miner, it makes sense, you know. But I just it, it bugs me so much. And then Kaibo Ren comes in with his like clearly World War One German infantryman. Yeah. Uniform. <laughs> Yeah. All right, we get it. Yeah. Germans are the bad guys from World War One, and the pirate is literally wearing a spike German helmet. My Okavar comes down to character (laughs) designs as well, and it's it's the Manjalpa and his people. Just like I don't know what they're going for, but it's not working. It's probably super easy to draw and animate because there are no features. They don't look cool, and they don't look like regal or royal, or and they don't really look all that alien. They're just kind of like blue and have weird hair i don't know i just (laughs) nothing has like a slick 70s aesthetic like star wars always has like even even when you're kind of in like you know back world kind of thing you still have that sort of 70s look and these you know are more 80 80s designs but not really like 80s cartoon designs more like Jan Tosh looks like he's in some like Patrick Swayze kind of movie, you know, which is like <laughs> something like mean stuff, you know like what I mean? Fighting in the streets or like, yeah, exactly. Like exactly. The Warriors yeah, he, too, he you know, from, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. So, and it just, it just doesn't look good. It is a, a weird, like amalgamation of like a bunch of different things in yeah. one. 
Yeah. See, for a show that was had such a prolific action figure line, you'd think that they would want characters to look like toys that kids would want. And I think they do that with the ships and everything. But like, yeah, you know, do you want an Uncle Coal Miner action figure? Because I don't. And even like Jan Tosh is just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think I want I know, this extra like, from Mad Max, like you know, and mixed like meshed with Ryu. Like, yeah, the- exactly. <laughs> he's still a street fighter, dude. Even with the even with the weirdness, even with like some weird character designs, I feel like this was a very watchable and relatively entertaining series of episodes. Yeah. And, you know, I feel a lot happier now than I did after six months of trying to get through the uh, the other one. So, <laughs> well, uh, OK, so I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about uh, the, the rest of the droids journey that we're going to have here. But next time we're back on Endor and it has been a while covering Ewoks mm-hmm. number five. The terrible machine. The terrible machine. It sounds oh, pretty. Yeah. It sounds pretty terrible. Sounds uh, what pretty a, what terrible. a great way to uh, ring in the new year, though. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, Happy New Year. You had a good time at Christmas. Of course, you know oh, I yeah. did. <laughs> it's always relaxing. <laughs> sure, sure. Christmas with a gaggle of kids. It's just yeah. it's a walk in the park. It's a. Uh, so it's like being at a spa. Fun. Yeah, super great. Super great. I mean, it is. I mean, you're not at work, so it's that's true. It's, that's, it's that's yeah, a good point. Yeah, I always have a good okay. time at home. So, well, I will see you in the All new right. year. I will see you then. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include '90s Music Got Me Like, Previously on X Men, and 9021. Here we go. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or X at Endorian Life, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcast.